This is Family Time 131. We're talking about adaptation. This falls under the self-management, social, emotional, learning competency. Specifically, it has to do with self-discipline and self-motivation. Modeling the ability to adapt. Adaptation is essential to life. If we're looking at the Darwinian model of evolution, it's really the species that have been able to adapt that continue to survive. It's not necessarily the, the animals that are the biggest or the fastest or the strongest. It's those that are most able to adapt to new situations, adapt to the environment. If it were about being the biggest and the strongest, it would be elephants that would hold dominion over the land. Or the fastest, it would be something like a cheetah. Where it's really, for better or worse, human beings that have risen to the dominant species on Earth because of our ability to adapt, to use technology, to problem solve, to allow ourselves to live in different environments. I'm fascinated with the coyote, actually, and I know a lot of times for our farmers, ranchers, things like that, the coyote can be seen as a pest, as a nuisance. And I'm certainly not an expert on the coyote, but the bit of research that I've done and the things that I know about the coyote, I find fascinating because they're such an adaptable animal. They're an animal that, at least here in the United States, kind of was isolated to like the American Southwest. And then through hunting, specifically hunting to try to get rid of this thing that was a pest to livestock and farms and things like that, people were hunting and trying to kill the coyote and the coyote just continued to adapt that coyote is able to live and hunt with a group of other coyotes it can also survive a pretty isolated solitary lifestyle coyotes can more or less eat whatever they want they can get by eating a lot of different things. They can live in a wide number of environments. They also, there's some evidence that they adapt to even when their, their populations are decimated, when they're being hunted, whatever, that female coyotes will naturally have larger breeds of pups. So they're, just, they're a very adaptable animal, and they've continued to just spread out. Now you can find coyotes all across the United States, in cities, in towns, in rural areas. They've kind of just found a way to survive. That we're going to try to kill them, and they're going to, well, we'll eat whatever, we'll live wherever, we'll just spread out. And there is... There's something I appreciate about that. I, I just think it's fascinating. I think it's interesting. Those types of animals, human beings included, that have found a way to switch things up, to change.
I also find it fascinating with companies, with organizations. You look at a company like Blockbuster, Blockbuster Video, which some younger students may not even know what Blockbuster Video is. There's one left in existence that only exists because it's a novelty. People kind of make pilgrimages there to bask in the nostalgia of going to the video store. But when I was a kid, going to the video store was a big deal. You would go to the video store and rent the VHS tapes for most of the time that the video stores were around when I was a kid. And then eventually DVDs and you'd rent the movie and take it home and watch it on the VCR or the DVD player. And that was a big deal for me growing up was to go and rent a movie or get a couple of movies. That was a, that made for a great Friday or Saturday night as a kid. And Blockbuster was like the name in video rental. They were everywhere. And now they're essentially gone, all but one. Because they didn't adapt. I remember when Netflix started becoming a thing. And in the early days of Netflix, before streaming was the really primary, the dominant way that we watch a lot of things. Netflix, you could go online on your computer and add to your queue the movies that you wanted. And they would mail a DVD to your house. Now... Whether you're from our school or not watching this, I need to point out that Mr. Squire, who teaches at our school, one of my very good friends, still subscribes to the Netflix DVD option, which without him, I would not have known was still an option that you can still have the DVD subscription where they mail them to your house and then you mail them back. I am convinced that Netflix is just waiting for Mr. Squire to cancel his subscription so they can be done mailing DVDs. But if you're in his class and watching this, I'll let him explain his preference for it. Supposedly, I, I believe him, that you can get certain new releases on the DVD that aren't yet on streaming. But anyway, Netflix started seeing that, hey, things are going to change. That the future isn't people going to the video store to rent movies. And it became pretty clear that they were setting up for streaming that they had the foresight to say, you know what, what's gonna happen is people are going to be on their computer, on their mobile device, even on their TVs at home, they're gonna be on the internet watching movies. It's not gonna be, let's go and pick out a couple of DVDs from the video store. So they set up the DVD thing ultimately moving toward watching online, hence Netflix, the internet. You're watching things online through streaming. Blockbuster failed to make that adaptation. And a lot of people don't remember that 
once Netflix started taking off, Blockbuster did have their own service similar to that, where it was Blockbuster mailing the DVDs. But really, that wasn't the the thing. We see that happen with companies all the time, where they'll they'll see some other company or organization that has some foresight, has some forward thinking product, and then they copy it, but they're they're a step behind. They're a step too late because Netflix wasn't really doing the DVDs for that to be the ultimate business plan. It was the transition into the next thing. The next thing is us streaming everything, streaming the videos. See that with all sorts of companies. Amazon. I remember going to college and it was like, you were savvy if you would get the ISBN, that number on the back of a textbook, and then order it through Amazon.com, which was, at that time, only an online bookstore. Like, that was pretty, you were in the know. You didn't have to go buy the book from the campus bookstore. Do it through Amazon. And then Amazon figured out Jeff Bezos and whoever else are like, hey, this works. This buying and selling things on the internet, you know what we could sell? Absolutely everything. That was the foresight that has, along with other things, impacted like when I was a kid, you'd go to the mall. And the mall was pretty awesome. You could hang out there and you had the food court and the arcade and all the different stores. You can go spend the day at the mall. Well, a lot of malls have closed. A lot of even big box stores have closed. Department stores. Because, in part, online shopping. We don't have to leave our house now. You don't have to go to a place. There were companies like Amazon that saw the next thing coming. It's important that we recognize and practice the ability to adapt in our own lives. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that people who are happiest, who are most satisfied, who have a sense of peace in life, are often those who have the ability to adapt. We're always going to have problems. We're always going to have challenges. We're always going to have hardship and heartache. It's our ability to adapt to new situations. No matter what you think your life is going to be, what it's going to look like, ultimately it won't be exactly that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. There are a lot of beautiful messy things in life that aren't part of the plan we lay out in our heads. What gets people a lot of times is when the blueprint that we've created, the roadmap we've set in our head, doesn't match our reality. That's traumatic. So the only thing we can do when that happens, and it it always happens, It's a constant that what we think of the future, what we have planned, isn't going to exactly come to fruition. 
The only thing we can do is adapt. Sometimes we have to change the blueprint, change the picture we've created. Sometimes we have to change our actions to get a little closer to that picture. Oftentimes, we have to change a little bit of both. That's adaptation. We have to switch things up. We have to change. We all have that ability. We talked about that's how human beings have become the dominant species on Earth. And I say dominant. Not necessarily even, I wouldn't call us necessarily the, the most important species on earth in terms of contributing to overall life, but the most dominant life force on earth is because of our ability to adapt. So that's something inherently we know we have. We are adaptable creatures. We can learn to, for better or worse, endure things. We can get used to things. We can get used to negative things, unfortunately, where we think, well, this is just life. This is the way it is. So I'm just going to get used to it. But we can use that same ability to get used to things to make change. We can recognize that although it may be difficult at the beginning, it might be, it's always hard to make a significant change. But we know we have that ability, that we can adapt. That's what we do. And that's what we do individually. So that's what I want you to think about and write about this week, is identify a time where you've had to adapt, where you had to change, where something didn't go as planned, some situation didn't match the picture you had in your head, and you had to switch it up. You had to change your approach. You had to change your thinking. Recognizing that you have that ability allows you to apply it to other things in life. You can say, this isn't necessarily where I want to be. This isn't the end goal. But I have the ability to adapt. To overcome. To change. That is a significant power we all have. Till next time, love you, be good, peace.